I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Unconventional Wedding Planning Podcast. My name is Ashley, and I am planning my own unconventional budget micro-wedding in the middle of a pandemic. If you don't feel represented in mainstream wedding media, if you haven't been dreaming about your wedding day since you were six years old, and if you don't want to have an Instagram wedding, then you are in the right place. So on today's episode, we are talking all about how to plan a budget wedding for less than $5,000. Now, I know you all love my episodes about budget weddings. They're the ones that uh, far and away get the most downloads. So I thought, give the people what they want. I am currently planning a wedding that looks like it's going to run somewhere in the three dollars to $5,000 range. It's, uh, in my opinion, it's going to be a nice wedding. Like, it's not just a, you know, pop in for the ceremony and leave. It's not just a cake and punch wedding. It's a full wedding, serving dinner with guests, with a couple in, you know, not just jeans and a t-shirt. Not that there's anything wrong with that. And it is totally doable to have a wedding like that for uh, less than $5,000. Um, the dollar amounts I'm using in this episode are Canadian. I don't know if it's obvious from my voice, but I am Canadian living in a major city in Canada. I think they're probably fairly representative of North American prices, even European prices. I don't think we're terribly far off, but uh, take these numbers and translate them to your own life, your own uh, location. So I'm going to go through my actual wedding plans um, that are totally up in the air right now, just thanks to, you know, the state of the world. But what I am hoping to uh, to do and to have on my wedding day, and I'm going to share the actual numbers of how much all these things are costing. And then at the end of the episode, we will tally it all up. And spoiler alert, it will be less than $5,000. Now, the idea of this episode is not that you have the exact same wedding as me, or that, you know, you have to uh, really limit your budget. It's just to give you some suggestions, some ideas. So you might hear something and go, oh, yeah, that's a really great 
great idea. I can do that and save myself a ton of money. Um, I think it's also just a really great way to realize like, oh, wow, weddings don't have to be $30,000 or $50,000 or however many <laughs> tens of thousands of dollars that you can get married for way less money. And it's okay. You can still have a beautiful day without, you know, screwing yourself and being in debt for all these years or delaying buying a house or starting a family or going back to school because you spent all your money on a wedding and that, you know, we don't have to do that. Like when you, I, you know, what, as I was preparing for this episode, I literally Googled wedding budget just to go through the list to make sure I hadn't missed anything. And I was laughing out loud at all of the things on the list that, you know, whatever website decided were like mandatory um, things like hair, body hair removal was like on the list for, you know, part of the budget that you needed to prep for and, and things. And there's just so many things that the wedding industry has told us that we absolutely need to have that you absolutely do not need to have. So, um, that's, that's my soapbox spiel for this episode. I will probably get back on that soapbox at some point. Um, I also wanted to mention that I do have a three-part, uh, series. If you head back in the archives on how to cut your wedding budget, and I literally go through every part of a wedding and share exactly how you could slash those costs. And I have an episode, I think it's my most popular episode called it's okay to have a cheap budget wedding. So if you are out there and you are planning a wedding, that's not going to be $30,000 and you're feeling guilty guilty or you're feeling cheap or you're just feeling shamed anytime you, you know, post in the Facebook groups or see what other people are doing, it is okay. (laughs) There are lots of people out there, tons, I'm telling you, that's my most popular episode. So many people out there who are also planning on a budget. So no guilt, no shame. Okay, let's jump in. So the first thing I need to talk about is guests. The easiest way to cut your expenses, I've said this a million times, the easiest way to cut your wedding budget is to cut your guest list. More people is more everything. It's a bigger venue, it's more food, it's more drinks, it's more place cards, more table um, centerpieces. <laughs> table pieces, centerpieces, um, everything, literally more everything. The minute your guest list starts creeping up there, so do your costs. So um, it's super, super important if you want to stay on a small budget, if you want to spend less than five grand on your wedding, you really need to cut that guest list. There's just, there's just no way to have, you know, 200 people and have a full wedding with, you know, a dinner and all those things for less than $5,000. I, I mean, I'm sure someone's tried it. I I don't think it would go well. (laughs) I just don't think those numbers work out. If you want to have, you know, a really nice time, you need to cut that guest list. And I've shared a few episodes already about, you know, elopements and intimate weddings. And I think they're amazing. So many people are doing them now during COVID. It's really cool. You actually get to talk to your wedding guests instead of just sort of like, you know, passing by, waving at them quickly. Um, It's definitely a different environment than, you know, a 200 person wedding, everyone on the dance floor or cheering or whatever, but it just, it depends what you're, what you're going for, right? So for our wedding, we're hoping to have about 20, 25 people. I think with a $5,000 budget, you could probably push it up to like 50 people if you were, you know, pretty tight on um, on a few things and if you had your venue sorted out, but I think that 2025 is really a sweet spot to stay under $5,000. And as I continue through my list here on the different wedding planning aspects, you'll see that having that smaller guest list is really, really crucial for things like 
the venue, which takes me to my next point. So venue is going to be a huge expense. Um, a lot of wedding venues are just like, you'll spend the full 5,000, if not more, just renting the venue. And that's not including food and drinks and servers and staff and rentals and decor and all that other th stuff. So if you can get a venue for free, that's going to save you the most money. So for us, we are hoping to use a relative's house. We haven't 100% uh, confirmed this yet, um, but that is our plan. So the venue would essentially be free because it is a relative. We would obviously want to get them a nice gift. So I'm budgeting about $100, $150 for that. And then we would also want to pay to have their home professionally cleaned. So I'm budgeting, again, another probably $150, maybe $200 for that. We would probably do some, some spot cleaning ourselves, but we would like to have their home professionally cleaned just so they're, you know, feeling like they're not inconvenienced by us hosting our wedding there. Um, again, this is where the guest count really comes in. The reason we can have a wedding in a private home is because we only want you know, 20, 25 people there. So that's no different than, you know, Christmas or Thanksgiving or Easter or a birthday party, obviously in the before times, before COVID um, these days, no one's new, no one's doing that, hopefully. But if you were trying to have, you know, 100 people or even 50 or 75 people, the option to do the wedding at a private home, at a family member's house, at a friend's house, isn't really there anymore. Like that's not really an option for you because you can't have 50, 75, 100, 100 plus people inside of a home. And I know a lot of people say, oh, but you know, my, my parents have land, they have, they have acreage. Okay, great. Now you need to bring in porta potties and you need to set up a kitchen and a generator and you need to hire servers and you need to get in lighting. And it just becomes this huge thing that is way more expensive. So if you are trying to go the route of hosting your event at your own house or a friend or a family member's house, that's small guest list is going to be super, super key. So try to think, you know, if your own house isn't um, the most aesthetically pleasing, <laughs> do you have a friend or a family member that you could ask? Maybe someone with a nice house with a nice view, um, maybe a really nice backyard, a nice porch or deck, um, even just, it doesn't even have to be that nice of a house. Honestly, you can take your photos at, you know, the park across the street or something like that. Basically just a house that would have the space for the number of guests that you're hoping. If not, if you live in an apartment um, or a condo, maybe your condo has a party room that you can rent, or maybe friends or family members of yours have a party room that you could rent. That's another great option. A lot of condos will allow residents to rent out the party rooms. Usually it's a pretty nominal fee, like $100, $200 to rent the room. Um, other options, if you don't have like sort of that friend or family uh, member's house that you can use. You could do a beach or a park or a forest, you know, something a little bit more rustic so you can get married right on the beach and then spread out blankets and do like a picnic style reception. You could also do a restaurant. Um, and I think the best option here is again with that smaller guest list, if you call up restaurants and say, hey, do you have like a private room that we can book? And a lot of times if it is a small group, like you're just calling and you're saying, hey, we'd love to make a reservation for like 25 people for dinner. Um, is there like a, a special space we can rent and they might have a private room or they might be able to sort of section off the dining room and you could do something like get married on the beach and then you know walk across the street and have dinner at this restaurant and usually there'll be you know maybe like a minimum spend like you have to spend a certain amount of dollars on the menu and ordering drinks and stuff like that but you usually don't have to buy out the entire restaurant unless you really do want the entire restaurant and then it becomes a little bit more expensive because now you're paying for a venue as opposed to just paying for the food so that's an option definitely um, you could approach some smaller restaurants, maybe more like family owned, they might be able to help you out or ones that do have those private dining rooms. And it would just be like, you know, booking, um, 
a restaurant for like a company dinner, like, you know, a, the Christmas dinner that your company takes you out to or something like that. It doesn't have to be a wedding, quote unquote, if you're cool with it being more of a dinner and, you know, not a thing where you can stay around all night um, with a dance floor or things like that. It's definitely a very different vibe. Okay, moving into the next category, food. This is a big one. Um, another huge expense, especially if you have a ton of guests. So again, the smaller guest list is really going to help you out here. So for us, because we're just having 20 to 25 people, we're actually planning to order takeout from a few of our favorite restaurants. And I think this is super cool because uh, one, it's way better than like the cold chicken or salmon that a caterer would provide at a regular wedding. And it really represents us. We get to pick our favorite dishes and share those with our loved ones and like I want to eat my favorite food on my wedding day for sure so pricing it out it's actually so much cheaper to just order takeout from our favorite restaurants as opposed to you know paying for a caterer and going that route so we're hoping to do a couple sushi platters for about a hundred dollars a couple platters of chicken wings for about a hundred dollars a few dishes from our favorite Chinese restaurant for about 150 200 dollars and then we're planning to have a couple um, appetizers on trays probably buying them from coffee Costco or another grocery store, um, you know, the ones you can buy them in like the prepared food section. They're usually like fruit tray, veggie tray, cheese and meats. Uh, we might even buy a few that we like make ahead ourselves, depending on how much time we have and if I want to, <laughs> um, but budgeting about $100 for those appetizers. So the sushi, the wings, the Chinese food and the appetizers on the high end is about $500. And that's going to feed 25 of us, which is pretty great. Um, of course, pricing may vary, depends where you are, and also depends what your favorite food is. <laughs> I lean very hard to the Asian food, uh, sushi Chinese, definitely mine, the wings more my partner, but he's also a fan of uh, sushi and Chinese, so we're very happy to have that as, as our food of the day at our wedding. Um, you can find cheap caterers who are willing to, you know, provide everything you need, especially if you are needing to bring in like dishware or servers or napkins or, you know, chafing dishes, things like that. Um, but it's usually going to be cheaper to go with a restaurant and just order takeout. And, it, you know, you could do things like, um, you know, like sushi. You don't really need like steak knives and, you know, fancy plates and things like that. Like it'll work fine to eat sushi off of the plates you have at home or if you want to get like some... Uh, disposable plates. You can get really nice recyclable ones. Just order them online. I think that's probably what we're going to do. Um, because we do have that sort of 20, 25 people on our guest list, we probably could use our own plates, like just use the plates at my relative's house, maybe bring some extras from our own house, but probably just for ease. And so there's not like a huge pile of dishes in the sink at the end of the night. We'll probably go with the um, single use, uh, but recyclable options that you can find online. And they look really nice. It's not just those like white uh, Dixie plates with like the blue trim on them. You can get actually very cool looking um, cutlery and plates and things like that. And again, because we only have about 20 people, we'll probably not spend more than $100 buying all of the dishes. Um, I think we'll be able to keep that very cheap. The other thing I want to mention under food is the cake. Uh, wedding cake is is traditional, um, a traditional thing to have at a wedding. And if you haven't planned a wedding yet, if you haven't gotten around to talking to bakeries, wedding cakes can be incredibly expensive. <laughs> a girlfriend of mine um, ordered a cake and she was originally just going to have 75 people at her wedding. Unfortunately, because of COVID, she's had to cut that pretty severely. But for a cake that would serve um, about, I think, probably 50 to 75 people, she is spending over five. $500 on this cake. And that's um, on top of, I think she had to pay like $50 to do the tasting. So just 
incredible amounts of money on a cake. And if you ask any wedding planners, they will always tell you at the end of the night, there is so much leftover cake. So definitely not something uh, that I'm interested in doing, even though I really do love cake. But I'm, I'm an easy to please cake person. Like you get me a $20 cake from the grocery store, I'm thrilled. So that's our plan. We're either going to do a grocery store cake or a Costco cake or um, specialty donuts, which I'm actually super excited about. There is a local donut shop um, in our community that I absolutely love. They have super cool flavors and I know our guests will really, really love them. And it makes it so easy. We don't have to do a big fanfare, but oh, watch us cut the cake. We can just put the donuts out and say, have at it. I know they also do like specialty wedding donuts, which is super cool. Um, and those donuts, I think they run about $3 a donut. So if we got a donut for everyone, that would be $75. Um, I assume you get a discount if you're ordering uh, 25 donuts, so maybe it'll be a bit cheaper, but we'll probably want to get a few more. So who knows, call it, um, you know, $100 for, for donuts, which sounds like money well spent if you ask me. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Okay, the next big category is drinks. And I would assume a really great way to save money would be just to like eliminate drinks altogether to make it, I mean, obviously you have to give people something to drink. Don't, don't let people dehydrate, but to not serve alcohol. Um, that's not really going to work for, for me and my crew. We are, uh, you know, we're not luscious or anything, but definitely alcohol drinkers. So that's something that we are going to have. Um, but again, if you're getting married in a home, in a private home, um, with a small group of people, you don't have to do anything crazy. You don't have to apply for a liquor license. You don't have to get insurance. You don't have to um, hire bartenders. You don't have to pay a corkage fee. You don't have to pay the outrageous prices that venues and caterers charge for their alcohol. Um, I'm not saying this as like legal advice. I'm just saying usually when my family does Christmas with 20 people, we don't apply for a liquor license. And I'm not sure how this would be different. So, you know, don't quote me on that. But 
it's way, way cheaper, even if you're just buying it from the liquor store. And notoriously in Canada, we have really high tax on our alcohol. So if I wanted to save even more money, I could drive across the border and buy my alcohol in the States and then drive back up. But assuming I don't do that, here are the numbers we worked out. Um, a case of beer or cider uh, a 12 pack is about $20 for us. And I think we're going to try to do like majority beer and cider just because those are what my partner and I actually drink. We're not big wine people. Um, we love the idea of having cans. So it's not like a mess of people trying to pour and you have to get glasses and all that sort of thing. And this is also a really cool way for us to be able to serve the like craft beer and the craft ciders that we actually really love. We have a ton of breweries and cideries um, in our in our area in our province in our city and we'd love to be able to sort of show off those those different flavors and, and get some cool ones for our friends and family to try so we'll probably buy about six cases of uh beer and cider so that would be six times 12 72 cans and at 20 dollars uh, per pack or per case that's going to be 120 dollars we'll probably get some wine as well because i know we have um some some people who do enjoy drinking wine Wine. Uh, so looking at getting bottles for about $15, nothing fancy. We're not getting, uh, we're not getting the super fancy wine. If anyone wants to drink super fancy wine, they can bring their own, <laughs> but I think we could supply um, $15 bottle of wine. And I know that sounds really cheap, but I promise you that house wine you're purchasing from your venue for $30 is the exact same. <laughs> so if we get $15 bottles and we get about 10, that'll be $150. And then of course we want to um, serve some non-alcoholic drinks as well. Uh, a huge thing I know a lot of people will say is don't forget to serve water really important in our area tap water is fresh and delicious so we'll likely just pour tap water into a nice pitcher um, put some ice cubes in it maybe a lemon if we're feeling fancy and then probably just buy some juice from the grocery store a few cans um, or like the larger cartons of juice just to have that as an option for anyone who doesn't drink. And then I also think we'll probably uh, splurge a little bit and get a couple of bottles of bubbly, not uh, actual champagne from the champagne region, but you know, just some sparkling wine or something if we want to do a toast. So I priced that out at about $25 a bottle. And if we get two to three, um, that'll be $75. So all of those drinks all together. This is probably math. I cannot do quickly. Uh, let's call it $400 for. <laughs> so $400 for the beer, for the cider, the wine, the bubbly, the water, and the juice. So I think that's pretty great. If you can get out of, um, out of a night, uh, a wedding night and say you gave everyone, you know, all the alcohol they need for $400. I think that's pretty amazing. Um, I did want to quickly mention here, I know there's a ton of drink calculators online that will tell you like how much alcohol you need at your wedding. I didn't quite go off those numbers. I just thought they were really huge. It was starting to say things like, oh yeah, like, you know, six to eight beers per person. And I was like, that's not really the wedding we're going to have. I can see that at a larger wedding, um, you know, that's all about the dance floor and staying up till one and partying all night long. Um, and if you're trying to keep people, you know, drinking from 4 p.m. till 1 a.m., yeah, they might need six to eight beers. But ours is probably going to be in the evening. It's more chill. It's going to be 20, 25 people at a family house, just sort of hanging out, chatting. It's not going to be a super crazy, you know, go hard, drink as much as you can. We're also not going to have the issue. I know at a lot of weddings, people will like pick up a drink, take a few sips, put it down, forget about it, go off to the bathroom, go dance. And then when they come back, they don't actually go and pick up their drink again. They just go to the bar and get a new drink. I don't think we're going to have that problem just because there's so few people. Um, 
I don't think people will be like forgetting their drinks very often. And worst case scenario, there is a liquor store like around the corner from this family member's house. So we can always send somebody out if we really do start to get desperate. But uh, odds are, I think we'll actually be going home with a lot of this liquor, which is another reason to get the liquor that you actually enjoy. Since we like beer and cider, we will have no problem heading home with that. And I'm sure my mother-in-law will have no problem heading home with any leftover wine. Okay, moving on to a couple of categories that I actually totally nixed um, from our budget. So decor, uh, nothing. We are doing absolutely nothing to decorate the space. My family member's house is very beautiful. Uh, that's the reason we picked it. Gorgeous views. There's a really nice rooftop. There's a really nice garden area. It's in a really cool neighborhood. So we're going to be able to take great photos. Um, nothing. We're not putting up a single uh, piece of garland or a flower or a fairy light or anything like that. I know a lot of people will say a great way to save money is just to DIY all of your decor. I'm not that person. I'm not going to do um, you know, long episodes or blog posts or Facebook groups about, oh, here's how to make, um, I don't know, centerpieces with just the cost just 250. And it ends up spend like, you know, you end up spending three hours to make four centerpieces and you have to go to the dollar store six different times and your glue gun breaks and they ran out of the fish pebbles you were supposed to get and all these other things. I'm not really about it. And if I'm being very honest and I'm going to go ahead and just say, it, I think those things sometimes look tacky. I sometimes think they do look cheap. Um, and it's in my mind, it's either, okay, they look cheap and I, and I don't love the look or I don't even notice them. Um, again, think back to the last wedding you went to, what did the centerpiece look like? You have no idea. What, what color was the tablecloth? What did your plate look like? What was hanging on the wall? What did the seating chart look like? What did the cute little sign telling you to grab a donut look like? Like you have no idea because no one cares. <laughs> no one notices those things. Sorry, I'm being super harsh today. Um, but that's where I'm at. We are even skipping flowers, which, um, is a big one. Cause I actually really love flowers, but I just couldn't justify the price. They're so expensive and you know, they live for such a short period of time. Like I said, the, the family member's house we're thinking of, the venue is really beautiful. So I have no need to decorate with flowers. So the only flowers I would want to use would be, you know, my own bouquet. Oh my gosh. That's, if you can hear that, that is my dog snoring in the background, <laughs> which is hilarious. Um, sorry. So my own bouquet would be the only flowers that I can think of. And even then, you know, I don't really want them because what's the point? I walk down the aisle, hand them off and never use them again. So we are totally skipping flowers, very untraditional, but I encourage you to do it. If, um, if you can sort of step out of the idea of every wedding needs to have flowers, it's a great way to save some money. Just totally cut flowers. I'm also going to include invitations in this sort of decor category, even though they're not really decor. Um, so for us, we'll probably go virtual with the invitations just because, again, it's a smaller group. It's a bit more casual. And with all of the COVID stuff going on, it's probably just easier to let people know uh, virtually either with um, like there's a company called Paperless Post that does like really nice uh, e-invitations. So we'll probably do something like that. But even if we do end up doing paper invitations, we'll probably make them ourselves on a site like Canva or something like that, just do our own design, and then probably print them ourselves at home on, you know, just buy some nice paper and print them from our own printer. And since we're only wanting to have about 20, 25 guests and not every guest gets an invitation, for example, if it's a family of four, that's only one invite, this will be super cheap. I can see us printing like 10 invites from our home and mailing them off. And it probably costs us, I don't know, $5 for the paper and another 
dollar or two or well, $10 for the stamps or something like that. It's going to be super, super, uh, minimal costs. So nothing, nothing really there. Um, and we don't need any other paper either. We're not going to do assigned seating. Um, you know, it's a house, just sort of <laughs> find a couch, find a seat. Uh, we want to programs. We're not going to have, um, I don't know what other pieces of paper. There are RSVP cards, nothing like that. Uh, we will do thank you cards, but I actually have a huge stash of stationery, and I love the idea of just doing really personal handwritten cards, which I think people will appreciate more. So I'm probably just going to send cards from my own stash. So yeah, pretty much zero dollars spent on invites or any other paper products. Moving on to entertainment, again, pretty much nothing. <laughs> the vibe of our wedding is very much um, dinner party, just, you know, 20, 25 people hanging out at a house, catching up. There's not going to be a dance floor. There's not going to be a stage. So we don't need um, DJs or people are doing all sorts of fun things these days with COVID and you can't have dance floors. People are doing like magicians and comedians and I don't know, acrobats. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to have any of that. Um, my perfect wedding day, I envision it as just like there's soft music playing in the background. And for that, we have already put together a Spotify playlist and we'll probably pay for the premium subscriptions. So I think that's like 10 or $15 a month. Um, so that's playing in the background. And it's really just me like catching up with friends and family who, you know, because of all this COVID stuff, I haven't gotten to see for a really long time. And I think that's actually really cool because not many couples can say that they actually got to have conversations with their guests on their wedding day, just because things are so busy. And there's so many people usually just sort of, you know, running around like a chicken with your head cut off saying, Oh, hi, thanks so much. Thanks so much for coming. And then you run off to the next person. And I really love the idea of actually getting to like talk to people, <laughs> spend time with the loved ones that I have there, which is another reason why I'm really passionate about these small weddings, just sort of, you know, 20, 25 people. Um, and I feel okay saying that I got to keep reminding myself that this is the unconventional wedding planning podcast. So I can say stuff like, yeah, I think weddings with fewer people are better. <laughs> better for me, at least. Okay, moving on to vendors. So as you can tell from my decor and entertainment sections, I have obviously cut a ton of vendors, but there are a few vendors that uh, we do need or that we that we want. So the first one is the officiant. This is the person who legally marries you. Um, depending where you are, you can get like a friend or family member to get ordained online. That's usually pretty cheap. You can get married at city hall or have a marriage commissioner or a justice of the peace marry you. That's usually like a government um uh, employee. And that's usually pretty cheap, like, you know, $100 maybe to have that done. So for me, I actually have a connection with an efficient company in my city. So I will likely get that for free or either heavily discounted. So my only expense there would be I'd want to give that person like a really nice gift to thank them for their time. So I'm budgeting about $100, which again, is probably what you would pay if you had some sort of justice of the peace, marriage commissioner, ordained friends, city hall situation happens. So you can definitely get this legal part um, covered for about $100. And then in my area, the marriage license is $100 as well. So another $100 there. Uh, photographer is a vendor we definitely did not want to skip. Um, so we are hiring a photographer. However, again, just because of the nature of the work I do, I do have some connections. So I am likely either getting that discounted or doing sort of like a trade system where I trade um, my work for the photographer's work. So this will probably 
uh, not actually cost us anything. But um, I will say we are also doing this sort of on a bit of a budget version. So we're not hiring a photographer for six hours or eight hours or 10 hours. I don't need the photographer to come to my house and take photos of me putting on my dress or, um, you know, my partner putting on a bow tie. I don't need photos, you know, later in the night as we're eating dinner. We really only want the photographer to do, you know, maybe 20, 30 minutes of shots of the two of us um, and our dog, <laughs> you know, walking around the neighborhood and just different scenic areas some photos from the ceremony and then a couple sort of family group shots after the ceremony. So I can see that taking like, you know, max one to two hours total. So even if we were paying a photographer, you know, outright their full cost, I can't imagine we'd pay more than $500 for one to two hours of photography with a photographer, you know, who was charging what, 250, 300 an hour, which is kind of the level that we would feel comfortable with. Obviously, there are photographers who charge way, way more and way, way less. So it's kind of up to you, um, you know, whatever, whatever skill level you're happy with. We're also going to skip video. I know that's usually a big vendor on this list. Uh, videographer, not a not a huge deal for us. Um, I might hand my phone to my brother and ask him to like record the ceremony or record some of the uh, toasts or speeches if we decide to do those. Uh, we also are thinking about maybe doing like a Zoom for our ceremony, you know, a virtual wedding situation. If you listen to one of my past episodes, I went over the pros and cons of having a Zoom wedding. Uh, so we're thinking about doing that for the ceremony. And if we do, obviously, we will also record it. So that would be a way for us to sort of watch the ceremony back if we want to. But we're not huge into the idea of having a, a video from our wedding day, especially the kind of day we have. I think it would be, be like a 30 second video. Um, and that's not something I want to put money into. Uh, also skipping, you know, wedding planner. I don't think we need just because the wedding is so small and casual. Uh, DJ, we obviously don't need. We're not doing a dance floor. Um, florist, like I said, skipping the flowers. We don't need that vendor. So yeah, lots of vendors that we are totally skipping. But the ones we are keeping are the officiant, uh, just legally <laughs> we need. We need an officiant and the photographer because we do want some photos from the day. Okay, so the next category I've got here is, uh, I've called it looks. So that's basically uh, outfits, hair, makeup, all that sort of stuff for myself and for my partner. So starting with me, um, I got my wedding dress for uh, about $500 plus tax, and my mom actually paid for most of it. Um, and then the alterations on top of that, hopefully it is just the hemming that needs to get done. However, I may also need to add a corset, <laughs> just depending on how, uh, you know, the pandemic stagnant life has gone for me. Um, but I'm hoping to just get away with hemming and that'll be about $100. So about $600 in total for my dress. Uh, if you want some more details on my dress, I have a whole episode um, that goes into my dress shopping experience, how I was able to find a dress for just $500. Um, I'm also a plus size person. So I talk a little bit about shopping plus size in that episode as well. So head back in the archives to find that one. For shoes, I would usually just wear um, shoes that I already own. However, the only pair of flats that I have are black and not very comfortable. <laughs> so I think I will probably just hit up a cheap shoe store or like an Amazon or something and find uh, a pair of flats that are like, um, I don't know, gold or something like that. Might even get some fun, like colorful flats, but just, just not black ones. That's not really the look I'm going for. So we'll probably spend like no more than $50 on those. 
In terms of jewelry, I'm not buying anything. I do have a special necklace that I share with my friends, so I might wear that. Um, I might borrow a veil as well from one of my friends or else just skip the veil entirely. I'm not too fussed about having a veil. Again, I think it's one of those things that you just have on for a few photos and then it kind of just gets in the way. <laughs> um, but if you are a person who really is interested in veils, I know you can get them for super cheap on Amazon. I know at a lot of wedding dress stores, they're like, um, hundreds and hundreds of dollars for the veil. And then you go on Amazon and you can just get like a really simple, beautiful tool, um, long piece of tool veil for like 50 bucks or something like that. So definitely a good avenue if you are a veil person. In terms of hair and makeup, uh, you probably assume that I'm going to DIY it since that would be the cheapest thing to do. And most people are very proficient in doing their own hair and makeup, but I'm not most people. I am horrible at doing my hair and makeup. I wear zero makeup day to day. I never do my hair. So this is actually something I do want to splurge on a little bit. So I found a local, um, beauty studio, beauty, beauty place um, that's in the neighborhood of where my uh, family member's house is. So the venue would be and the cost there um, to do just regular makeup and a blowout is $130. And then if you bridal makeup, it's $125 and a bridal uh, dry hairstyle is $75. So even on the higher end, that'll be about $200 uh, for hair and makeup, which I think is quite good. I know I paid um, about that or, or a little less for hair and makeup as a bridesmaid. And I know usually the bridal hair and makeup is, is way more, um, but I'm, I'm comfortable putting $200 towards that. And again, if you are on a budget and you can use, um, an eyelash curler without poking your eye out, you can totally DIY this one or skip it all together. I might also do like a mani-pedi ahead of time, but I'm not really planning any big, um, beauty treatments, not thinking about, you know, facials or massages or waxes or scrubs or mud baths or any of those other things. Kind of thinking the mani-pedi might be like a fun um, bonding day if I go out with like my mom and my mother-in-law and maybe if my sister's in town and things like that, you know, all of us could go out and do our nails together. So I'm not really counting that as like a wedding expense. I think that would just kind of be like a fun uh, girl's day out, as it were, if, um, if COVID willing, we can all get together and do that ahead of the wedding. I think that'd be really fun. In terms of rings, uh, I talked about this quite a bit in my episode. I think it's called All About Rings, um, but I'm actually just going to wear my engagement ring. I have no desire to wear a second ring. I don't wear much jewelry jewelry regularly. Um, I really love my ring. I don't like the idea of putting a second one on with it, so I'm just going to keep wearing this engagement ring. So I'll take it off for the ceremony, and my partner and I, uh, when we exchange rings, he'll just put this one right back on my finger. And as for him, we're planning to just get um, either a tungsten or a silicone ring online. Again, those kind of run anywhere from like 20 to, you know, 50, 60 bucks, you can get one. Uh, I'm sure you can spend way more than that if you want to. But that's sort of what we're looking at. He's also not a big jewelry person, and doesn't really know what, uh, what he wants it to look like his style or anything like that. So I think we'll probably just go with one of the $50 options on Amazon, see if he likes it. And if it's something, you know, he's super into, maybe we'll upgrade in a few years, but maybe not. Um, we'll see. I have, yeah, I have no problem with him wearing a $50 ring. That's totally fine. Especially he does work in healthcare at a hospital. So he may have to take the ring off every time he goes to work. So I definitely don't want him to be worried about, you know, um, losing, or, um, I don't know, nah, probably just losing, <laughs> losing some like hundreds of dollars worth of gold ring or something like that. And then, uh, for him, my partner is planning to wear, um, you know, dress shirt, uh, tie or 
bow tie were kind of up in the air about that. Maybe a vest, uh, jacket, dress pants, uh, nice shoes. So luckily he already has um, nice dress shoes. He's got a belt. He's got lots of dress shirts. Um, I don't know about the tie bow tie. We'll leave that up in the air for now. So the only thing is he might want to buy um, like some new pants and a new jacket. So he might get like a full suit or he might just buy like a fancy jacket. But we're kind of budgeting like a couple hundred dollars for that. We're not really sure. Uh, what that's going to look like, but not something we're going to go really wild spending tons and tons of money on. So those are the looks. Um, so about $600 for my dress, about two to $300 for his, and then sort of just miscellaneous uh, hair, makeup, shoes, that sort of thing. Okay, my next category of expenses here is just called anything else. <laughs> so I wasn't really sure where to put these things, but here we go. Um, so we may have to pay for a dog sitter. We do have um, a little dog that we are hoping will be part of our wedding day in some capacity. I'm just trying to think if she's going to be up for, you know, being around people uh, for that long, or if it's going to be awkward if like one of us has to leave to like go walk her, make sure she's getting fed or things like that. So we might have to hire a dog sitter or some sort of dog daycare to come pick her up partway through the night. But another awesome thing about having the wedding at a family member's house and having such a small guest list is that our dog really could be part of the entire day. She could be with us the whole time, which I think is really, really cool. I know for a lot of big weddings, um, dogs aren't allowed in the venue or just would like freak out if they were surrounded by 200 people and all these flashing lights and things like that. Whereas I think our dog would be very happy to run around um, a house with 20 people and beg for belly rubs and <laughs> and lick everyone in sight. She would be all about it. Um, another expense that might come up for us is a hotel. We uh, are thinking about getting a hotel room for the night before and the night of our wedding. Um, this is actually not mandatory for us just because we could stay at our family member's house. So the venue could also be a place where we stay the night. We could stay the night before, stay the night of. As well, where we actually live is only a 15-minute bus ride or a 30-minute walk from from the, um, I'm going to call it the venue, but from the family member's house where we want to get married. So we definitely don't have to stay there or stay at a hotel. We could definitely just go home, which leads me to transportation. We are not putting any money into like a limo or anything like that. Cause again, we can walk or we can bus to the venue. We could splurge and get an Uber or a taxi for a whole $8. Um, so really there is no transportation expense. Um, and again, we're going to do the ceremony and the reception sort of all in the same space. So we don't have to worry about transportation between locations. Another expense that might come up for us is servers. Again, this one's optional, I think with just 20, 25 people and the way that we're planning to sort of serve the food kind of family style, we probably don't have to have servers, but it might be nice to have somebody who's just like, you know, collecting garbage and making sure, um, you know, there's ice with the drinks and things like that. But we're probably just going to end up like hiring a friend's sibling for like $20 an hour for three to four hours just to help us out if we decide to hire servers at all. We uh, might be purchasing some gifts for our parents. I know traditionally um, that's a line item on the budget, getting gifts for the parents of the couple. Uh, for us, we are paying for our own wedding. So it's not so much that we need to give them a gift to say thank you for, you know, for 
putting on this huge party for us, but more of just like a, you know, thank you for, thank you for everything. Thank you for raising us. Thank you for getting us here. Thank you for supporting our relationship. Um, you know, my mom did buy my dress and I'm sure there's going to be lots of little things like that. So, uh, it might be nice if we, if we do buy them gifts. Honestly, I think our parents would be happiest with, you know, a really heartfelt card and then a framed photo from the wedding that we give to them afterwards. So we, so we'll probably go that route instead, but could be a line item that comes up. And then lastly is the honeymoon. Um, given the state of the world, who knows when we'll be able to go on a honeymoon. Um, I do have a whole episode on how to plan a honeymoon during a pandemic. It's a, it's an interesting time, that's for sure. So for us, we are very big travelers. So we would probably count the honeymoon more as part of our like travel fund and our travel expenses and less of a wedding expense, just because we'll probably go, you know, whenever we can, <laughs> whenever the world opens up to us, we'll probably go for like three or four weeks and go somewhere far and just, you know, make the most of it. And it's not going to be like, oh, it's our you know, two week honeymoon to Hawaii or the Maldives or whatever. It's just going to be like, oh, we're, you know, exploring Japan or we're taking a train across the country or something like that. So I'm not really going to count that one as a wedding expense because for us, that's the kind of travel we love to do anyways. And, and we would do it whether we're getting married or not. Okay. So that brings me to the end. That is everything that we are spending money on for our wedding. So let's add it all up. Don't worry. I will do the math for you. You don't have to, you don't have to do any math. So venue, uh, totally free, but we are planning to do a gift and a pay for professional cleaning. So $300 food, including, um, you know, all of our apps and our main dishes doing takeout $500. Dishware, if we decide to purchase some recyclable uh, pretty plates and cups and things like that, $100. Cake, likely the fancy donuts, $100. Drinks, um, including alcoholic and non-alcoholic, $400. And again, let me just clarify that $400 is covering 72 cans of beer or cider, 10 bottles of wine, three bottles of champagne, and a few cartons of juice. So I think that's pretty impressive for $400. Um, our entertainment is $15 for Spotify. My dress was $600, which includes the alterations. My shoes will probably be about $50. Hair and makeup, we're budgeting $200. My partner's suit, we're budgeting $300. The officiant, we're budgeting $100. And again, that's probably going to go towards a gift if the actual officiant service is free. The marriage license is $100. The photographer, we're calling it $500, but again, I will probably be doing a trade of services, but let's call it $500. And then a server, if we do decide to hire someone um, to help out at the wedding, is going to be about $100 if we do sort of, you know, $20, $25 an hour for about three, four hours. So the grand total of all of those things is $3,000. $365. So not even $3,500, which means we are well below the budget of $5,000. So I have proven that you can have a beautiful budget wedding for $5,000. Um, key takeaways here, if I haven't stressed it enough, venue and guests are going to be your biggest issues when it comes to your budget. So if you are able to get that guest count down as much as possible and secure some sort of a free or discounted venue or just something where you're not just paying for the space, you're at least paying for the food, like if at, if at a restaurant, that's going to save you a ton of money. I think another huge takeaway from all this is just to say no to extras. There are so many things um, that are part of the wedding day that just don't need to be part of the wedding day. Like you just don't need them. And I know sometimes it hurts because you're like, oh, I've always envisioned myself carrying a bouquet, wearing new shoes with a veil, with, you know, beautiful jewelry. And but like, do you need any of that stuff? Probably not. You'll probably 
have just amazing a wedding day and more importantly, an amazing marriage without any of that stuff. It's not really necessary. And this isn't a bash on people who decide to spend money on those things, because if that's important to you and you have the money and you want to put it there, amazing. But if you don't have the money or it's not important to you, or you just want to put that money elsewhere, um, I think that's totally great. I think that's awesome. Because honestly, this this wedding budget we put together right here, 3365 let's call it 3500 round up. You can even call it 4000 if you want to give yourself a ton of buffer room. We are probably going to spend way more than that on our honeymoon. And that's because the honeymoon is way more important to us. We are way more excited about making memories and seeing amazing places and spending, you know, three to four weeks out on the road, traveling somewhere new, eating new food, seeing new things. That's more important to us than the one day wedding. And that doesn't mean the wedding is not important because we're still putting money into it and we're investing into the things that really matter to us. And that is spending time with those really nearest and dearest loved ones and creating an environment where we can really um, hang out with them and, you know, have conversations and, and enjoy their presence and not just sort of wave at them. And we're, you know, not spending money on things like flowers and DJs and, and things like that, because we would rather have it be a more personal, intimate occasion. You know, it's at a family member's house. It's our favorite food being served for dinner. It's our favorite, you know, craft beers for drinks. Um, that's the sort of stuff that we that we are happy to spend money on and that is important to us. And I know that number 3365 or 3500 or 4000, whatever you want to call it, some people are spending that just on their flowers or just on their, um, God, hopefully not just on their hair and makeup, but, you know, just on their limo rentals or things like that. So it's kind of wild that you could do an entire wedding where you are, you know, you have guests and you're feeding them and it's the ceremony and the reception and everything for that price. But you really can. You just have to think about your wedding in kind of a, a different way than usual. Okay, I have rambled on long enough. If you will let me one more quick, quick ramble. If you have made it to this point in the episode, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Um, I'm coming up on 50 episodes of this podcast, which is totally wild. And it's totally just like a fun passion project for me. I just get on here and talk about whatever I want. Um, as you'll know, like, or as you might know, I have like zero social media presence, no email list, no nothing. I'm not promoting this anywhere. I'm just doing this because I think it's fun. And I think there needs to be a voice in sort of like wedding media in the wedding in the wedding industry, if I can say that I'm part of that, that is more realistic, and I guess unconventional and just lets you know that all of that stuff that you think you need to have you don't and it's it's up to you, you can make your own choice. So if you resonate with any of that, if you liked this episode or any of my other ones, I would really appreciate if you left me a review. Um, partially just because I'd love to hear what what you think of the episodes. I mean, don't don't be mean because I can't take that. Um, but, but I would love to hear your uh, mostly positive thoughts about the show and the episodes. If you have any ideas for like future episodes you'd want me to do or any questions for me, um, throw those all in a review. I'm not quite ready to open up social media channels for this for this yet, but I would really love it if if you left me a rating and review, and I think it helps other people find the show, which is super super cool. I love um, I love when people share share the show. I've seen it a few times, even though even though I'm not on social media for the show, I have seen a few people sharing it, and I think that's super cool. So I would absolutely love if you yeah if you shared the show with anyone in your life who is planning a wedding or thinking about getting married, and if you did leave me a rating and review, preferably on um, Apple Music or iTunes or whatever it's called these days, I think that helps the most. But wherever you're listening, uh, a review would be really, really cool. I would absolutely love it. Okay, thanks.
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Unconventional Wedding Planning Podcast. I really appreciate it, and I hope you found the episode helpful. If you really want to make my day, you can leave me a rating and review, subscribe so you don't miss the next episode, and tell a friend about the podcast. And remember, you can have a great meal without a centerpiece on the table.